Be the love you seek to find. Be the prosperity, the abundance, the joy, the passion you seek to find. Know that it is all seeking you. It is seeking to align with you in the vibration of the consciousness that it represents. Match that consciousness. Stay true to that consciousness. Believe in yourself and your ability to manifest. Unwavering belief in yourself is the key to not only wanting what you have, but having what you want. Hey listeners, a quick announcement before we begin. It's hard to believe, but we're about to celebrate the one-year anniversary of the launch of this podcast. And to help mark this occasion, I've got something very special planned. Join me and my special guests for this free 90-minute virtual event, a celebration of community, collaboration, and consciousness. Mark your calendars February 9th at 6 p.m. Pacific. Just go to my website, judithrich.com, to register. I'll leave a link in the show notes. Oh, did I mention that it's free? You don't want to miss this. And now, on to the show. Welcome to The New Beyond, a podcast that invites listeners to learn how to not only think outside the box, but learn how to live outside it. The New Beyond is a place in consciousness that lies beyond ideas of normal and abnormal. It's a place where the new comfort zone has much more to do with your willingness to play big and be uncomfortable while you're learning how to navigate this brave new world. Hello, I'm Dr. Judith Rich, an octogenarian, coach, and author of the best-selling book, Beyond the Box. I've spent nearly five decades in the field of transformation, coaching people all over the world how to identify and break through old patterns and limiting beliefs that have kept them stuck and challenged to move their lives in the direction of what matters most. In this podcast, we'll hear from some interesting people in the field of transformation and others who, by example, are courageously tearing down old walls, reinventing themselves, and building their lives in the new beyond. And I'll be adding some personal perspective and hopefully some wisdom and insight as we go. So let's dive in as we begin an adventure in going beyond where you think you can go. Hi, everyone, and welcome to The New Beyond. I'm Judith Rich. So a few weeks ago, I was listening to a podcast called The Gathering Room with Martha Beck. And this particular podcast, she was reviewing a book called What You Want Wants You. And it's by author Susan Edder. And the subject of this book closely aligns with the principle that consciousness aligns with itself. So what do I mean by that? What I mean is that what populates our consciousness, the content of our consciousness, in other words, our thoughts, our feelings, our emotions, are all energy that vibrate at a certain frequency. 
And as we know, I think we all know, that in the unified field, everything is energy. And it's energy that is unmanifest. It's, it's in possibility. It is not in form. So there was a brilliant doctor and physicist named Dr. David Hawkins, who wrote a book called Power Versus Force. And if you haven't read it, I highly recommend it. Hawkins calculated the frequency of various states of consciousness from the highest frequencies of love, unity, and oneness, all the way to the lowest frequencies of fear, guilt, shame, and humiliation, and everything in between. And in that we are energetic beings, we also vibrate at a certain rate based on whatever we're thinking, feeling, or doing. If we're in a state of love and bliss, we're vibrating at a very high frequency. And we will attract what is also a vibrating at the same frequency to us. Have you ever noticed that? That let's say when you're in a state of bliss, the whole world becomes blissful. I mean, we literally see through rose-colored lenses. Have you noticed that when you're in that state, everyone you meet or see feels sweeter? The world and life feel more harmonious? I think that's probably why people get addicted to drugs. Well, let's not go into that here. That's a whole other subject. Uh, Likewise, if you're in a state of fear, guilt, shame, or humiliation, which are the lowest vibrating frequencies, everything is colored by those feelings. You will experience everything being colored by your fear or your guilt or your shame. And you will bring more of that frequency into your experience. Now, there's, there's a transformational principle that is very similar, and it says that what we focus on increases. We get more of what we focus on. What we put our energy on attracts more of the same, which is very akin to saying consciousness aligns with itself. So going back to Susan Edder's book, what if... What you want wants you. What if the very thing that you want is already complete in the field of possibilities and it's just waiting for you to want it? Do you think that's possible? The premise of Edder's book is that when you feel an urge towards something, that you not only want it, but you feel it is your destiny to have it. The potential of that thing also feels an urge towards you. Not that it has a personality or a mind that wants you, but that it is an energetic entity that is looking to be made real. It's looking to come into form. And Edder suggests that the amount of time it takes to make something real is a function of the amount of clarity and consistency, you can believe that it's already yours. Let me repeat that. 
Edder says that the amount of time it takes to make something real is a function of the amount of clarity and consistency you can believe that it is already yours. Again, this is a principle I use in leadership coaching. The idea that what you desire is already complete in the field of potential. It's not yet in form, but it is ready and available to be magnetically attracted to consciousness that vibrates at the same frequency, i.e. your thoughts and desires. Have you ever noticed that when you really, really want something and you zero in on it like a torpedo, you become singularly focused on the thing you want? Have you noticed that you suddenly become aware of possibilities for how this could happen? And I think more importantly here is the principle that it's not only that you become singularly focused on the thing that you want, but you become focused on your ability to have it. So when the mind is focused on possibility, the mind opens to access the field of potential and creativity is unleashed. So imagine that what you desire is already yours. Now just sink into that thought for a moment. What you desire is already yours. It might not be yours in form yet, but it lives in the state of potential that is waiting to be drawn in. If it lives in your imagination, it also lives in your heart and soul. And your job is to bring it into form. That thing that you desire is waiting to be met by the frequency and the consistency of your commitment, your passion, your courage, your discipline and rigor, and your willingness to receive. Ah, more about your willingness to receive in a minute. So your job is to hold on to that thing as a possibility, regardless of the obstacles the mind might present as to why you can't have it. And the mind is very good at offering up plenty of resistance and evidence as to why you shouldn't even want the thing you want. Can you relate? So stop and take a look to see what is something that you've wanted and you've wanted and you've wanted and it hasn't come to pass. Why is that? Oftentimes when I begin a leadership development seminar or when I'm starting a coaching session with a new client, I'll, I'll begin by asking them the question, what do you want? Now, on the surface of things, this sounds like a very simple question, but it turns out that the answer to that question is often very complex and fraught with fears, anxiety, and resistance. It turns out that a lot of the time, 
people are afraid to actually want what they want or afraid to give themselves permission to want what they want. So what is that all about? What is going on when we harbor a desire inside, but we're afraid to want the thing we want? Or maybe we're even afraid to vocalize what we want. People are often afraid to vocalize or express what they want out of the fear that speaking it might bring bad luck or jinx it. Can you relate? More commonly in my experience, people don't vocalize what they want because mm, they might say they don't know, but I think more accurately they're not willing to know. Or there is some fear that's blocking them from knowing what they want. There seems to be a lot of anxiety in the space between thinking a thought and vocalizing that thought. And what comes into that gap between thinking a thought and vocalizing it are conversations that are probably like, what if I don't get what I want? Then I'll be disappointed. So why even want it if I'm only setting myself up for disappointment? Why be very open and vulnerable about the thing that I want when I could lose it? It could be taken away. It could be interrupted or disrupted along the way. So what happens in our minds is that we dwell in our past experiences and our memories and we harbor negative associations with being disappointed or not getting what we wanted or perhaps even getting something we didn't want instead. So people tend to think or focus more on what they don't want than what they do want. One of the questions I frequently ask people at the beginning of a transformational seminar is, how many of you are more clear about what you never want to have happen again in your life than you are about what you want to have happen in your life? And a significant number of people raise their hand in the affirmative that yes, they are more clear about what they don't want or what they never want to have happen again in their life than they are about what they do want. And we seem to have a mistaken notion that if we focus hard enough on the things we never want to have happen again, somehow our magical thinking will protect us from those things. So why is that? Well, the brain is wired to avoid pain and to seek pleasure. So those painful experiences and memories tend to live on in us much longer and with a greater degree of intensity and impact than the pleasurable ones. And oftentimes, the first thing that comes up in our mind when we think about our dreams and our goals is also our concerns and our fears about what if it doesn't happen. And those fears are actually the ego attempting to protect us from discomfort, disappointment, and dismay by keeping us safe and in the domain of what is already known and comfortable. Get this, even if it's the thing we don't want, we'd rather stay in our discomfort 
and our pain of the thing we don't want than risk the discomfort and pain or what we imagine it to be if we risk going after the unknown. You can fill in the blank here with your own stories. Like maybe you tell yourself, you know, you had a, you were in a relationship and that person broke your heart and you never want to go through the pain of that again. So you resolve to never put yourself in the position of having a breakup or a broken heart again. So guess what? If we're focused on what we don't want, guess what we draw in? Yep, more of what we don't want. Or if we're focused on worrying about not having what we want, we will create more worry and more not having. The fear of wanting and not having is pretty primal. In many ways, we'd almost rather continue to have what we don't want than take the risk of letting go to allow an opening for what we do want than face the possibility that we might not get it. Say you want more money in your life and you feel that having more money would solve your problems and make you happier. And at the same time, you're also worried about not having enough money. Guess which of those thoughts is going to have the most traction? Wanting more money or not having enough? If wanting more money is motivated by the worry about not having enough, your focus is actually on worry about not having enough. And guess what you'll create? That's right. More of the experience of not having enough. Remember, we get what we're focused on. Consciousness aligns with itself. So think of something you want. Be clear about what it is, but not too specific or detailed about it. Because sometimes we limit what is possible and what, what's, what wants to manifest through us by defining it so specifically, we don't recognize it if it comes to us in a different shape or form than what we pictured. <clears throat> There's this popular children's story I'm sure you've all heard. And in case you haven't, it goes something like this. There was a flood and all the houses were submerged. And most of the people who lived in those houses got away in boats, but some drowned. And there was this one man who managed to get to the top of the roof. He had an unwavering faith that God would save him from dying. So after waiting for some time, a rowboat approached and they asked him to get off the roof and get into the boat. But the man refused, saying, Nope, I'm waiting for God. God's going to save me. A little more time passed, and this time a motorboat came along, and they asked him to get on board the boat. And again he refused, saying, God will come to help him. He's still faithful. The boatman shook his head in disbelief and went away. Now the rain was beginning to get 
more and more heavy by the minute, and the water level had risen almost to the level of the roof, when from a distance the man saw a helicopter approaching. They threw down a ladder and asked the man to grab onto it so they could pull him up and save him. The man refused to budge again, stating that God was coming to help him. So the helicopter went away. Now the rain got heavier and the water level rose. And finally, the man drowned and he died. He went to heaven and he asked God, why hadn't he come to rescue him? He had maintained his faith in God through everything. And God said, well, I sent you two boats and a helicopter. What more do you want from me? So the moral of the story is don't be so specific about what you want that you don't recognize it if it comes in a form other than what you pictured. I'm reminded of a friend who wanted to get married and she had a very clear picture of who the man was that she wanted to marry. He had to be a certain height and a certain weight, be successful, have a certain amount of money, and he wanted to have a family. Or he was supposed to want to have a family. And the man she met and eventually fell in love with and married didn't fit any of those pictures. She resisted him for a long time, but fortunately for her, her heart knew better. Her heart wanted something very different from what her mind told her she should want. Fortunately, she learned to listen to her heart, and she's now been married to her husband for several years. They have a family, and she's very happy, and she got everything she wanted in the end, and it didn't look exactly like her pictures. Be sure to notice that if what you think you want is coming from a place of this is what I should want, or this is what I've been conditioned to want, it's probably not it. In my own life, and I share about this in my book, Beyond the Box, I was always taught that I should want to have a man in my life so that I would have someone to take care of me. This is a long story, and it's really about my mother, and I won't go into detail here, but it's in the book. Anyway, this idea about wanting to have a man in my life was so embedded in me, I marched lockstep with it, right down the aisle, getting married to someone I wasn't in love with the week after I graduated from college. And I knew, walking down the aisle, I didn't want this. But I believed I was supposed to want it. So I pretended to want it. And within two years, I, I couldn't pretend anymore. I stopped pretending, and I ended the marriage. And it was unfortunate for both of us, because neither one of us was served by my self-deception. But I also need to say that none of this took place on a conscious level. I had no idea at the time why I went through doing something I knew wasn't right for me to do, except I was in a story that I didn't want to disappoint people. <laughs> and of course, 
What happened was I en- ended up disappointing everyone. Anyways, so again, I remind you, be sure to notice if what you want or what you think you want is coming from a place of this is what I should want or this is what I've been conditioned to want. Most likely, that isn't it. So the question is, how can we shift from prioritizing our thoughts around focusing on what we don't want to shifting our thoughts towards what we do want? Remember, consciousness aligns with itself. If I know that energetically, I am more likely to attract and create what I'm focused on. How can I consciously choose to focus on the thing or things I want to create? What's the key here? Okay, here it is. It becomes strategic to train the mind to focus not only on wanting, but also on having. Let me state that again. It becomes strategic to train the mind to focus not only on wanting, but also on having. You can hold those two thoughts at the same time and shift your emphasis to focus on the experience of actually having it. Immerse yourself in that experience. Allow it to become real. Feel its presence in your life. Breathe it in. What does the experience of having this thing allow you to be, do, or have? See yourself being the person who manifested it. Maybe it's a new relationship or a new love in your life. See what you want as actually manifested in your life. How does it feel to be seen, accepted, and loved for who you are? Who do you become in this scenario? Just allow yourself to sink into that experience for a moment. Who do you become as you are having the experience of being seen, accepted, and loved for who you are. Now, see yourself as that person right now, the one who's seen, loved, and accepted. Don't wait until you meet the love of your life, but see yourself as that person right now because that is the person who will attract the love you desire into your life. The person who is experiencing the having of the thing is the person who will attract the thing. Because the thing itself, whether it's love, health, wellness, money, freedom, security, wants to come into form. That is also its destiny. The destiny of unmanifest potential is to manifest. That's its purpose. It wants to be wanted by one who not only wants it, but by one who's willing to have it. Ah, let's talk about your willingness to receive. You see, you can want something until the cows come home. 
But if you have a deep-seated belief that you're not worthy or deserving or having what you want, all the wanting in the world will not produce the thing. Because your deeper commitment is to the belief that you can't have what you want. So you will produce more of the experience of wanting, but not having. And that old belief just keeps getting reinforced. So it becomes strategic and important to do the work of rooting out those deeply held limiting beliefs that obscure your ability to create and receive. And it takes courage to do that kind of work and a willingness to invest in yourself. It cannot be done alone. It takes working with a trusted mentor or coach to help you identify your blind spots, to see beyond them, and to expand your ability to access the domain of your undeveloped potential. Consciousness aligns with itself. What if the love you desire is also desiring you to open and receive it? What if the money, the health, the success you desire is also desiring you to open and receive them? Not specifically, necessarily in the form of a specific person, but the energy and the vibration of the thing itself. Give it a shot. Be the love you seek to find. Be the prosperity, the abundance, the joy, the passion you seek to find. Know that it is all seeking you. It is seeking to align with you in the vibration of the consciousness that it represents. Match that consciousness. Stay true to that consciousness. Believe in yourself and your ability to manifest. Unwavering belief in yourself is the key to not only wanting what you have, but having what you want. All right, that's a wrap for us here this time in the new beyond. I look forward to meeting you out here again. And until then, many blessings. Before we go, just a quick reminder to join me for our special one-year anniversary celebration on February 9th at 6 p.m. Pacific. It's a free online event. And to save your seat, just go to my website, judithrich.com, submit the registration form, and we'll provide you a link to the event. It's going to be a very special evening with some exciting guests joining us. So don't miss it. Go register now, judithrich.com. Before we go, let me take a moment to thank all of you dear listeners for being here. And if you're up for it, I have a little extra credit homework assignment for you. Please take a moment to leave a review on Apple or give us five stars on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. It really does make a difference and I would be so appreciative. Meanwhile, we'll see you next time here in the new beyond. Many blessings. Mm-hmm.